0: Hello everyone, it is Saturday, January 13th, 2024. Welcome to Pop Goes the Girls, where we, two sisters born a decade apart, take a foray through our respective journeys through pop culture. I'm Daisy Kosh, And I am Chelsea Davidson. This week we are going to have
1: a divorce themed week uh, the in honor
0: for- of last week. Yeah, I was going to say
1: it's <laughs> kind of a, in a, an honor of the week that just passed us, which is named statistically divorce week. is when most divorces
0: happen between the sixth and the twelfth. Exactly of January. And
1: as a divorcee, you know what it
0: is. I feel very you privileged know, to speak about this. You, you, I don't know why you, I do that. You kissed the wrong person on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Well, the holidays are over. Christmas. I got you. You got through Christmas. You're out before in. Valentine's. Yeah, you got to get out of this mess yeah because you need a month to grieve before you're back on the market (laughs) on this wonderful note yeah
1: now is the perfect time to tell you that we spoil things during our podcast so leave now or forever prepare for pop culture spoilers
0: and each week we talk about pop culture artifacts that shaped us and why they're memorable to us we
1: also have a fan theory fight club where we argue the merits or detriments of some of the fan theories surrounding interpreting different pop culture items and lastly, we will play a quick round of Twist the Sister, where one of us loves something that the other, like, kind of feels lukewarm about. Maybe hates it. I'm really not sure about this th- this week, so we'll find out. And we'll open it up to a poll for you, our lovely listeners, to decide which sister is right.
0: Okay. Um, to give you an idea of our let's start
1: it off right. Honestly, yes. let's start it right with so, something sassy as fuck. And I love this movie.
0: Bye I love bye it. love. Hello pop-tarts um (laughs) on that
1: note we will
0: be eating pop-tarts this week we have the we have the strawberry and raspberry pop-tarts and what movie are we talking about daisy we are discussing the first wives club
2: what else did you have done come on at least you can tell me the cheekbones the jawline do you just have a little bit or the full enchilada i work out every day i watch my diet I have not had plastic surgery. Well, good for you. You look terrific. Oh, come on. At least you're lying through your caps. Okay. All right. I have been freshened up a little bit. Oh, God. Does it hurt? Mm, no. What do they do with the stuff they take off? Do you get to keep it? Oh, come on, Brenda. It's the 90s, for God's sakes. I mean, it's like plastic surgery is like good grooming. Mm. It's like brushing your teeth. At least. Look at you! You have been yanked and stitched and stuffed and pulled. You're a turkey. Oh, who Your ex-husband? ex-husband? No, to please e- everybody. To please everybody. Everybody. Men, and women, everyone. studio executives. I mean, come on! I mean, youth and beauty, man. I mean, that's the ticket. When men, <laughs> no, when oh. women get to be a certain age. Bye, bye, love. Hello, Pop-Tarts. That's right, baby.
1: So, needless to say, we both love this movie, but well, we just quoted it to eat a snack. Yeah. <laughs> needless to say, though, we we do both love this movie. Um, I'm in an interesting position because I am both a first wife and a second wife, but I love this movie long before I was even a wife. So, um, I think everyone does. Yeah. Me and my like me and Nan, my grandmother, um, totally love this movie. It's her because of her that I'm I'm into this because she, she watched it and I sat and watched this with her, and. It just like before I even understood the feelings and the emotions behind it, I just loved it on a different level. And now as I've grown older and rewatched it and rewatched it and rewatched it, it just becomes even more like the the sassiest thing.
0: I well, love it. It's they, so windy. they shine. You have Diane Keaton, Bette Midler, and Goldie yeah. Hawn, and they just shine. Like you, not only do you believe that they are first wives that have been scorned, yeah, you believe. Let that me they, steal directly from be, the internet. Like believe, what this is about. You believe that they were bad bitches before.
1: Oh my God! Yeah. So so here. This is stolen directly from the internet, word for word. Despondent over the marriage of her ex-husband to a younger woman, a middle-aged divorcee, which is played... Uh, her The character's name is Cynthia, played by Stalker Channing. Uh, she plunges to her death from her penthouse. Dark as fuck to start off. Let's just say that.
0: I literally At, made... I made a note about that. Had The intro brings them back together, but most people totally, forget how this Oh my us.
1: God. Like, if you watch the beginning of the yeah. movie, you're just like, what the fuck did I do? Like, why am I watching this? This seemed like a comedy this is not a comedy and then it, it gets into it yeah um, anyway at the woman's funeral her former college friends played by Ben Midler Goldie Hawn and Diane Keaton an absolute dream team yeah by the way they were all their birthdays are 45 days apart fun fact so they celebrated their 50th birthday together during this movie uh, anyway, they reunite for the first time in nearly 30 years. So when the three have discovered the reason for their friend's suicide, they realize that all of their ex-husbands have taken them for granted as well and decide it's time for revenge, so they make a pact to get back at their exes. And I'll do you want me to go into
0: the exes? Uh, I, you can go into the exes in a sec, but I wanted to just briefly touch on the most amazing part of the whole thing, which is every time they sing, Oh, right, know, the end? Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> like that in it. It's such an anthem really because medicine. they do it when they're hanging out before they're getting their revenge. Yeah. They do it at the end once they've gotten the their revenge. And it's just, the the thing that's amazing is they always kind of leave Diane Keaton hanging with You don't with it. own me. Yeah. And, like, they yeah. do a whole dance to it. Like, you can tell this is something that they were probably doing when they were younger. Well, Leslie Gore's thing now it's came like, out oh, yeah. years
1: before. Like, her song is, it would line up with when they were Young. friends in college. Yeah. Then. Okay, so, so just kind of a quick recap about the situation that we're in. So Diane Keaton, she's very soft, very sweet. She's still in love with her estranged h- husband, Aaron, from which she is separated. By the way, Aaron is that total dick cheese of a person. <laughs> fr- he played the dad on Seven Heaven. I won't even say his name. He's just a complete and utter shit.
0: Oh, he's a in complete real life, and utter in shit. In real life.
1: Anyway, until he, surprise, hooks up with their marriage counselor while they're divorced. In the, the
0: And the counselor, meanwhile... Yeah. And it she's still Martha, trying to have Martha like this Gay higher Harden. ground. Martha Gayhard.
1: Marcia Harden. Marsha. Marcia yeah, not Martha. Marsha Gayharden is brilliant whenever she plays evil. I oh my love God. when she plays evil. She's terrible. But she's, but she's still trying to take the higher ground and like be the therapist she's like, to no. Diane Keaton. Yeah, this is not like, the
0: way to behave. And she's like, get the F out. Yeah. I'm
1: done. Yeah, I think she, she hits her with something. Anyway. Yeah. She deserves um, it too. So this is where Diane Keaton is living right now. Oh, she also has a um a a daughter, and she's dealing with the fact that her daughter has come out, and, like, she's coping with that, because it's the 90s, and it was, like, a thing. Anyway, uh, Bette Midler is divorced. Uh, yeah, she's divorced from Cher Horowitz's dad from Clueless, the amazing Dan Hedaya. Yeah. Um, she's struggling financially, though, from this divorce, despite the fact that he's doing quite well for himself, and he's decided to hook up with Carrie Bradshaw in her prime.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, that's where she's at, so she's just kind of, like, trying to come to terms with her situation then you've got goldie hawn goldie hawn is an oscar winner but she's also an alcoholic and she's kind of washed up and she's using plastic surgery as a band-aid
0: yeah
1: um she plays elise sorry well he says elise. to her
0: all the time he's like are you sure about this yeah like, like her whole face by the collapse.
1: way by the way they did put like a completely harmless saline solution in her lips to try and make her lips that puffy they did yeah. put something in there but yeah. it was like something that would just wash out afterwards but she she did it for the role, which is kind of shocking. Anyway, uh, and she's divorcing Victor Garber, who plays her film producer husband. Yeah, he's um, an
0: asshole. An absolute ha- asshole. The in one himself. person that I don't hate in this is Bette Midler's husband. They all seek revenge. But he's also... Together. Like, he's just being foolish. Like, he's having a midlife he's, crisis. He's working with the mafia.
1: His books are all... Cooked. Fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a... No, I like we. You just love Dan Hedaya because Dan Hedaya is just so great. But like all of them are, with the exception of Stephen Collins. like he's a piece <laughs> of shit in real life. I I won't even. But anyway, great great movie. It's all about revenge. I absolutely love it. Um, it's it's such a good movie. Like it it is very cathartic to watch, and so funny. Like to have Bette Midler, Diane Keaton, and Goldie Hawn, all who are icons in their own right for for various different things that they've done just phenomenal casting together the yeah. fact that they got them all together oh, yeah.
0: gold they, they gold the whole reason that the film works is because they bounce off of each other so well yeah because it could have easily fallen and they're flat
1: they're snarky they're snarky with each other yeah and, and it's funny
0: well it's in some female friendships, it's like that. It's like, you're my bestie, but also I can rib you. Know, I will tell you
1: in. exactly what I think because you're my friend. Like, what are what are you going to do? Why
0: would I lie to you? Why
1: would I lie? That doesn't... I'll tell that, you the truth. That doesn't protect anyone. I'll tell anyone. you the truth. Yeah. Anyway, lovely, lovely movie. And as a first wife, I appreciate it. Um, and we'll just leave it there. You'll just leave it there? We'll
0: just leave it there. All right, so tell me your fan theory. So we are going to jump into another divorcee divorced in general uh movie interesting the use of the divorcee um mrs doubtfire
2: mr Hillard, do you consider yourself humorous i used to there was a time when i found myself funny but today you have proven me wrong thank you i listen bottom line i need to be with my children and I'll do anything to do that. You just tell me what to do.
0: So, for dude me, dude looks like a lady. I yeah. Can, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, having seen Mrs. Doubtfire, I'm really glad it's sad. not the first Sally Field movie I ever watched. Oh, Sally, because I, I can tell. I can tell you now, if this was the first movie I saw her in, I'd hate this bitch forever. Because <laughs> she's a total bitch she's and not she's going through a divorce well like, you don't know the fan theory this woman's a bitch okay. and you're gonna find out why oh so um the fan I don't theory you like the i really don't like you calling sally field a bitch i'm well, really i having in, a hard time in with that s- in sweet magnolias in forrest gump in Ray? yeah sweet as can be love that girl boss uh, bitch in this she's just straight up bitch Because, you want to know why, the fan theory is that Stu, which is Pierce Brosnan's character in it, is the biological father of all three Hillard children, and that Miranda and him dated in college, which you know about, and that they've been secretly hooking up on business trips once every few years since, and that Miranda loves Stu and was actually waiting for him to want to settle down, so when he comes to San Francisco, she wants a divorce. Now...
1: Because she's been having an ongoing affair that has produced three children. Yes. That's
0: the theory. Yes. So, uh, the first thing that they wanted to talk about, the, the person who came up with this theory, is the fact that Miranda, who is Sally Field, she physically lights up and, like, looks genuinely so excited, in love, infatuated, with Stu, when he shows up when he's around when he pops up randomly which could be just you know oh i'm seeing an old college friend college boyfriend whatever um he tells the kids a story about when he and their mother were juniors in college so like you're like oh they've not seen each other in a long time but then Stu says at one point when they're talking about different stuff and he specifically asks for her to do this whole design thing for his business he says that he's been following her career for the past couple of years Um, so he's been interested for a while. Uh, Miranda also basically says that she never wanted to have sex with Daniel, even telling Mrs. Doubtfire at one point that she never enjoyed sex with him, but somehow they managed to have sex. Hold on,
1: you have to specify that Daniel is
0: Robin Robin Williams' Williams' character. A.K.A. Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire. For anyone who doesn't know what Mrs. Doubtfire is
1: about, Robin Williams is the person that Sally Field is divorcing. And in order to stay close to his children, because he's having a hard time with the idea that he is not going to get to see his children with yeah, due she's, to the custody arrangement, yeah, he dresses up as a
0: nanny, nanny. to see them all the time. Yes. And, and,
1: yeah.
0: Um. Anyway. Also, in addition to that, the whole fact that she says that she never wanted to have sex with him and that she didn't enjoy the sex with him and tells Mrs. Doubtfire this, yet somehow they managed to have three kids. Um, in addition to that, he actually accuses her of it at one point. He says, you know, you never ever want to sleep with me. And she never denies it. Like, it's just, like, that is true. Like, it's something that she never fights back with. Oh, that's not true. I love you. She never says anything like that. Another main point. Miranda asks for a divorce after finding out that Stu will have a business and probably a life in San Francisco. She doesn't ask about this divorce until he pops back up in her life. Well, And seems like he's going to be settling in the area.
1: But, sh- no, no, no. It it stems from the fact of the party. He does the party, and he, like, he acts like a child. Robin Williams, his character, does?
0: But is it that? Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Um,
1: so we're just going to brush over in that? In addition
0: to that, Stu actively pursues Miranda from the get-go... He asks her specifically. He asks for her specifically when he gets to the office. He says, "You look better than ever." When he sees her, and like, she's hitting on her. Like, he, he asks her out. Like, he, he's very. What does persistent. that have to do with
1: her, though? Like, you, you, you've got a lot coming from his perspective, but not a lot coming from Sally Fields doing.
0: Did I not just say she lit up seeing an old college buddy that she shouldn't <sighs> be lighting up and seeing? Okay. Keep going. Um. In addition to that, in the phone interview. Mrs. Doubtfire's phone interview, so Robin Williams is putting on a voice, mm-hmm. she says that for the past 15 years, she's been raising someone else's children to whom she's grown attached. The daughter in Mrs. Doubtfire... Wait, who says that? Mrs. Doubtfire says Mrs. Doubtfire says that in the phone interview, that oh, okay. she ra- she has, <laughs> for the okay. past 15 years, she's been raising someone else's children to whom she got attached. Okay. And the daughter, while it is not specified the age of the daughter, roughly Looks 15. to be about 15. Got it. Okay. Um... In addition to that, the first time Mrs. Doubtfire meets the kids, she tells Natalie, the youngest one, that she reminds her of Stuart Little, which is a character raised by an adoptive father. Um, The movie is about Daniel posing as a nanny, which in itself serves as kind of symbolism for what he was doing before. That he is babysitting someone else's kids. Posing
1: as a, yeah, okay. For most
0: of this, I was like, okay, she's just into a new guy. I was like, she's kind of just into a new guy, was how I was feeling for all of this. But then they, like, showed clips as part of, like, the fan theory when I was, like, researching it. Yeah. And when they put the clips in, I was like, this hoe is thirsty. Because, like, she... (laughs) Don't talk about Sally Field that way. She's just... How could you say this? I was
1: thirsty
0: about her. If you see these clips, oh you're like, God. oh my God, you need to get past the fact that it's Sally Field's <sighs> sweet, the innocent, flying nun. <laughs> sweet, innocent Sally Field is thirsty in this. You should see how oh. she looks at Pierce Brosnan. When okay. he walks into a room, it's like, oh my God. And like, I, I have swear, to go back if look, it was a cartoon, that. she'd have drool coming out of her mouth. It's like, "Ooh, God. Yeah, yeah like it that is. Her thing? eyes light up. Her whole face <laughs> lights up. It's ridiculous. Oh. And then the thing I, that, the thing I, I that have actually... i a hard time with this. I, I was only, like, on the fence with the whole thing until they talked about what Robin Williams said, those two things. The one about the him, the 15 is, years that thing. That is an interesting... Because him it saying still seems it... To him me. saying it, like, he could have just come up with a random backstory, you know? Oh, so you're I'm trying to, to say that he knew kids. all along. Yeah, well, there's different times where, um, like they have interactions with Stu, which I don't really talk about here, but they have interactions with him where they're like, oh, you don't have a belly like my dad's, is what, like, little Natalie says to him at one point. Yeah. And they kind of just chuckle and, like, let it be.
2: Yeah.
0: And, like, there's all these references that make you think that if this is true, that they have been having these kids, and it was like, oh, I never want to settle down, I- I'm never having kids, I don't even like kids, and then all of a sudden he decided one day, you know, I'm getting older, and now I'm interested in actually being a part of their lives. And the whole reason that that feels even more enforced is, like, he runs into an old buddy who's just like you, the guy who's never having kids, never settling down. He's like, oh, well, I'm pushing 40, you know, you gotta settle down sometime. And he also says that he, like, he seems to connect really well with the youngest one, Natalie, and he, mm-hmm. like, puts the effort into that relationship because with her being the youngest, he could have more of a fatherly role relationship. in yes. her life because she's so young. The yeah. other two, bit of a lost cause, they know Robin Williams dad. Yeah. But for him, he could have that kind of like, oh, he's my daddy, yeah. like that. He's
1: trying to bridge the gap.
0: Yeah, and he yeah. puts in the effort specifically with to do because it. it's, it's the easiest, because it's the path easiest of least one.
1: resistance.
0: And if someone was like that, a guy who like I don't want kids or anything, but that all could of just a sudden, be a step parent. All of though. a sudden, loves these three kids and really is invested in these kids because mm-hmm. the way it's described, it's like he doesn't care about them at all. Like he doesn't care for kids whatsoever, and then all of a sudden theory. he likes all three.
1: I don't buy this theory.
0: I think it's a maybe. It's a maybe baby. It's is what a it maybe is. baby. Uh. Especially, I'm telling know. you now, the way she just lit up when she saw that guy, I
1: swear to God. That's a visual thing that you can't really convey over a podcast. I know. So I guess if go you, and watch the if film. If you
0: go and you, like, check out, just type in Sally Field, Pierce Brosnan, Mrs. Doubtfire, her face. Every scene is like, oh my God.
1: Yeah, she goes doe-eyed? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't and buy it, but I am tailed. definitely going to go
1: back and really look at it from that perspective now.
0: But yeah. I haven't seen Mrs. Depp for in a while cuz I already told you I'm not the biggest fan of it because I don't like that Robin it's Williams sad. is getting screwed. It
1: really makes me sad. Because
0: Robin Williams is definitely getting screwed in it. And I feel so bad for him even though like he's he's not in the best position in life at the moment. Mm-hmm. You still just want him to hang out with his kids. He deserves to have a relationship with his I mean, kids. He loves they his are children, his kids, no but like, still, He loves them as his own if they aren't his own.
2: Yeah.
0: And I just anyway. think it's unfair. Um, I
1: don't buy it, but you say it's a baby. Okay, so, so now the I'd question is... I'd say it's a baby.
0: So now we are on to uh, twist the sister.
1: Yes, and, I, and I'm in charge of this.
0: You twist me right okay, round, baby, pull, right round. Let me pull up my notes. So
1: Try I, to convince I'm me. i going to have a freaking hard time because I, I, I know you're so contrarian. That I, have,
0: just... I have literally two notes about the thing that you're going to discuss. Okay,
1: so we're going to be talking about the movie Under the Tuscan
2: Sun. Do you know what the most surprising thing about divorce is it doesn't actually kill you like a bullet to the heart or a head-on car wreck. It should. When someone you've promised to cherish death after your heart says, I never loved you, it should kill you instantly. You shouldn't have to wake up day after day after something like that, trying to understand how in the world he didn't know. The light just never went on, you know. I, I must have known, of course, but I was too scared to say the truth. And fear just makes you so stupid. No, it's not stupid, I'm The to check, on. what if there's never anyone to sleep And the kitchen what if what if there's never anyone to cook for i do i wake up in the middle of the night thinking you idiot i mean you you're the stupidest woman in the world you bought a house for a life you don't even have
0: so what's your issue so mom loves this movie so i went into this like oh maybe there's hope uh no there isn't hope <laughs> what um, don't you like what don't you like i was bored Which I will get into in a sec That's a completely separate thing The one thing I really liked about it was the beautiful scenery Like it is, it's a gorgeous place Like the the scenery and landscape of the movie is picturesque, it makes you feel all happy and giddy and shit I think there's your issue right there But I was bored for the actual story Like I was, the most exciting part for me was when she's like rebuilding the house And that was like it So... rest of it I didn't really care about. What I find interesting about Under the Tuscan Sun is it is definitely a film that is
1: so... It's odd that it was a book. That's what I find most peculiar about it. Because it is... I mean, first of all, it is absolutely... It's been described many, many times as yuppie porn. And it is absolutely that. In that they're well-off people. Even in her bad situation, she still ends up with money at the end of the day. Which is just shocking. Nobody is, is dealing with, like, a financial situation despite divorce but here we are in like charming Tuscany now what I like about the film truly and what I've taken out of it like you can take bits and pieces and, and, and totally enjoy it this way is the is the symbolism I am fascinated by the symbolism in this movie so for one Brama Is where she ends up. She buys a a place that's called in Italian "bramosole," and that is yearn for the sun. And it is, I mean, foreshadowing for like definitely like she's yearning for sun, some sort of happiness. I misheard you.
0: I just like really cringed. Yearn. I Yearn. I heard urine.
2: And yearn, I was like, that's the most yearn. disgusting
0: thing ever. Like, I just no. visibly cringed at what you said. Tuscany. And then I heard yearn after. Tuscany. And I was like, there we go. Why Tuscany?
1: Tuscany. Symbolic. Tuscany, if you, if you know anything about Tuscany, it's the birthplace of the Renaissance in Italy, and Renaissance is what this entire thing is about. It is all about rebirth. It is all about reinvention. It is all about, like, how do you get back to, like, she, to she does. Yeah, and she has to have a, a completely needs, new beginning. She needs a new normal. Yeah, and, and that's what it's about. I mean, the, then you have, like, symbolism in the story itself. Things like the faucet in, in, and, like, the faucet doesn't work, and then it just starts flooding water at one point, and that is supposed to be, like, representative of the spirit of Francis. Um, so, there's so much here, and it's like, the identity becomes intertwined with the place that you're at. So as you build yourself and you build your place and you become settled within, within a new place, you're not displaced anymore and, and therefore you are full again. You are complete and balanced again. And I mean, there's there's a lot of interesting things that were like are incorporated. One of the great things in this movie that I totally can't get over is the ladybugs. She has a friend in it who's like over the top and I love her friend that is over the top because she doesn't give a flying shit about anything. And one of the things that she talks about is ladybugs and the beauty of ladybugs. Mm. And sh- she tells a story about how when she was young, she would look and look and look for ladybugs all of the time. And then she would wait, she would fall asleep because she couldn't find any and she would wake up and she'd be covered in them. And it's supposed to be like a metaphor for joy and happiness mm. because she's telling her like you, you don't, you're searching, you don't search, for, it you don't search you. for happiness. It will just show up on your doorstep if you just are live. open to it. Just exactly. Yeah. And, and that is one of like the, the moments. I love that moment in particular. I think that is very, very good. I mean, I've got a ladybug tattooed on my frickin' arm. Like I couldn't get more. We
0: have ladybugs tattooed on our arms. So
1: we like, so for me, it speaks to a lot of things. Anyway, um, the movie is definitely escapism though. Like if you, if you go to it and you take, strip all of that shit away from it, yeah, you are in it for Diane Lane, just being brilliant as Diane Lane. Um, as well as, like, the escapism of going to Italy. Like, that is truly a big part of the film.
0: When I watched Under the Tuscan Sun, I don't know if it's a poor judgment on my end, but I watched P.S. I Love You around the same time, and all I could think is this is basically the same movie. It's just one of them is mourning their husband, One's a death and one's a divorce. Yeah, but, like, they go through, like, the same friggin' journey except she buys a house and redoes it in Tuscany, yeah. while she decides to just travel around and, like, but eat, like, pray, love Diane L-
1: Yeah, I guess goes so. Goes through.
0: Yeah. Diane Lane
1: is, like, the mirror, though. Like, when she's in, like, the shitty situation, her face is just shitty. When she starts to light up a little bit, you start to light up. Like, she, her performance is incredible. Yeah. Anybody else, I don't know if it would have been as good. Because yeah. I'm not a huge fan of you e, Pray, Love, just FYI. Yeah. And, and I, I gotta blame Julia. Like, who else do I blame? Julia Roberts is the thing that ties everything together in that film, and I don't enjoy it. So, I mean, I obviously might not like it. Are you of her sure you want to blame Julia? I really don't know. I don't know what the issue is because I love the book. So, <laughs> I love the book. It like, uh, could be the writing, could be the acting. Who knows? Anyway, it's. I mean, and to be fair, this movie ha- has like mixed critical reviews. So, like, you're not alone in your in your. But I feel differently. I feel like. I get so much out of it from a symbolic point of view.
0: Yeah, your analytic eye kind of makes it enjoyable. Yeah,
1: and and I can feel some of the things that she feels in it and can relate in that regard. But I can see how people might not like like it.
0: I I haven't watched it in a while because it was traumatic the first time. Um, So, it could benefit from a rewatch because it's been a while but like i'm worried that i'm gonna feel the same because i told you i was really excited for ps i love you i was really excited for this because like i thought they were gonna give similar energies and they did it's just both of them fell flat for me i was just like eh this is only okay it's enough for me to stay awake and watch it but not enough for me to be like oh let's watch it again in six months
1: because that's, so you, that's you, who I am. You were okay, but you didn't love it.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Which I, mean, I, I I'm worry not would be the that. same thing again. That's the only thing that worries me. If I did watch it again, that I'd feel just the same way. Yeah. Which is a bit I of a bummer.
1: But, well, read the book then. <laughs> that's what I would recommend. Read the book. See if Your you like solution,
0: the book. read the book. My <laughs>
1: solution is don't watch the movie, read the book. Yeah. And see if you like the Scrap book. Scrap
0: that next thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's, uh, Yeah
0: that's our divorce week that's our our post our post divorce week
1: and you can definitely we've we've kind of given you a little bit of everything here in terms of divorce weeks as well like you can go really really somber yeah or you can go really freaking like have fun fun
0: with it yeah
1: you don't own me like that's yeah yeah, that's the other and then under the
0: the Tuscan Sun is like the middle Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire makes me so is so sad. Yeah, it's horrific. For a comedy film, I am
1: sad most of it. Yeah, it is really sad. It and, just then, and then, and then, under you. the Tuscan sun is like all about redemption. So,
0: yeah,
1: I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. But divorce is an what emotional the, what roller What these three
0: films have taught me is the only way to get divorced is to get revenge. That's the only <laughs> way.
1: No, no. That is. No. That is not what you should take yeah, out of it. Yeah, that's what this. I got. Divorce is an emotional roller coaster. That is what I would
0: state from this. Nah, best way to divorce: get revenge. Oh God. You Lord want? Help you want to cook your, your books, hun? I'll cook your house. Whoever you end up
1: with, they better, for God's sake, <laughs> be able to handle your your brand <laughs> of crazy. Oh my! All right. Well, Bye, everyone. Sayonara. Arrivederci. Yeah. No, arrivederci. We're going with Tuscany, right? Oh, right. Yeah. right, right? Arrivederci! Ciao, bello!